Parevtes, Urachem Vort Miatselek Metsagrin, Yesaspet Tavit Metzorianem, Tif Mek Ararat Talijits. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Talking Vartan, the Knights and Daughters of Vartan podcast. I'm David Medzorian. I'm an Asped of Ararat Lodge Number 1 here in Boston. This is episode 44, and quite honestly, it's an episode that I had hoped and prayed I would never have a need to produce, but I do. We all know what has happened to more than 120,000 Armenians who, until a few weeks ago, had called Artsakh their home. Nine months after Azerbaijan imposed a blockade, preventing access to the main road connecting Artsakh to Armenia and preventing food, medical supplies, and other necessities from reaching those who desperately needed it, an offensive was launched on September 19th. Scores of Armenians were killed. Many more were injured. For the Armenians of Artsakh, it was an ultimatum. Stay and live under Azeri rule as a part of Azerbaijan or Leave and leave quickly, taking only what you can fit in your car or carry on your back. More than a century after the deportation and genocide of Armenians in eastern Turkey, the Armenians of Artsakh have been driven from their homeland, leaving everything behind, an automobile caravan stretching for miles and toward an uncertain future, in Armenia and beyond, all while the world watched and did nothing. This is the first of two Talking Vartan podcasts that will focus on our Armenian brothers and sisters who have now left Artsakh. We will look back at what happened on September 19th and what happened in the days and weeks to follow, as more than 120,000 people said goodbye to Artsakh, where Armenians had lived for thousands of years. What was the journey like from Artsakh to Armenia? And why did it take so many days to travel such a short distance? And what about now? How does one start all over after such a terrible and life-changing ordeal? We'll talk to many of those who, until a month ago, called Artsakh home. We'll find out how they are coping as they begin a new chapter in their lives. We'll talk to relatives in Armenia who waited anxiously for news of their loved ones and have now been reunited in some cases, after many years. Finally, we'll tell you what your fellow knights and daughters of Vartan are doing on behalf of the Armenians of Artsakh and what you yourself can do to help. But first, one family's heartbreaking decision to leave forever the land they knew as home for generations. My dear friend from Tavush, Anahit Badalian, who runs the Baird Women's Resource Center in Baird City, introduced me to her relatives from Artsakh who made what turned out to be a long and dangerous trip from Stepanagert to Yerevan. Their experiences echo that of the more than 120,000 Armenians who fled Artsakh following the Azeri invasion that began September 19th. The relatives we will hear from include Anahit's brother, Aram Khachaturian, his wife, Elena Barajanyan, Aram's father, Yuri Khachaturian, and his wife, Smela Saruchanyan. Anahit also acted as translator during our conversation. She and her relatives spoke to me from Yerevan. You will hear their answers in Armenian, followed by Anahit's English translation. Adam, let me start with you. You have been through a lot, you and your entire family, uh, not only during this past month, but in the past 
really the past generation uh, ever since uh, the late 1980s and early 1990s. But I would like you to just take a few minutes and describe for me what has life been like living in Artsakh these last few years, specifically since the September 2020 44-day war. Was there a premonition or was there the belief that what has happened would happen? Did you all think this was going to happen? So, uh, the life in general in Artsakh uh, before September seems to be um, kind of peaceful, but we all knew that the war will begin, and um, this threat uh, was since um, 1988. So, after 1988, there was always a threat of war and uh, conflict, conflict escalation. But the picture was evidently changed after 44-day war, as we lost uh, almost 40% of our lands in Artsakh, and we knew that the situation will be worse and never be better again. Right now, we have no other problems than physical survival, and we don't think to come again uh, to Artsakh because it seems now impossible with all the problems, threats, and uh, what we just came through. That is simply impossible for us. But in general, we always knew that we live in a conflict zone and the war is just something that would happen one day. So you knew and your family knew that when you got into that car and you left Artsakh, that you would not be returning ever? Yes. How did you find out? What happened? Tell us the story of what happened last month in September of uh, that first day when the attacks began. And how did you and your family deal with what was happening? And did you realize at that moment what this meant, that within a very short time you would most likely have to leave? September uh, 
Ադրբեջանցիները դանվանում են ահաբեկչական գործողություն, որը ուղղված էր բացարապես ռազմական ուժի դեմ և որ տեխահաբնավության, սակայն զանգվածային ռմբակոցություններ և արկակոցություններ ճանապար բազվի միարկողմանի, որպես իմ մարդիկավանան դու զգալ, այդ դժողքից հատկապես երբ դրան նախորդել էր ին ամսվա շրջապակումը, բացարձակ շրջապակումը, ինչի ինթացքում արձանագրվեցին մարդկանց But Azeris are calling this anti-terroristic attack, um, and they package it against the terrorists, Armenian terrorists, or as they love to say it, Armenian separatists. As they announced, it was uh, against not the civil uh, society's uh, population, but the military forces, terroristic forces um, in Artsakh. But this has no glue uh, with... Um, Uh, truth because right before that Artsakh was under the blockade for nine months and I know many people were starving and many elder people has died uh, because of, of food the lack of food and necessary medicine etc so it wasn't uh, anti-terroristic something um, being in a blockade we knew that something terrible will happen because Uh, during this one-day uh, war, let's say, many civilians were attacked, killed, raped, um, etc. You said, you mean raped? Um, raped. You, raped. Oh, I'm sorry. No, that's okay. I just wanted yeah. to make sure that that's what you meant. Yuri, let me ask you something. Um, you had been living there your entire life, and Stepanaket was your home. Artsakh was your home. Once this happened on September the 19th, did you know in your own heart or did you feel in your own heart that you would be leaving and that when you left, it would be forever? չի <gülüyor> So he's saying that I'm sharing um, Aram's opinion and concerns, um, and we somehow know that there is no way back to home. But in the meantime, I have a very tiny hope that the world will be somehow changed, and uh, I, I, I can have a possibility, I can have a little chance to go back to my home again. Um, but if one country can't um, respect uh, or can't follow the 
the international court's decisions like Hague courts or any international court decisions um, and it's not a democratic repu republic and it does whatever uh, he wants and the, the whole world is uh, kind of blind they mm -hmm. blind yeah and if yeah blind and if the whole world is blind uh then what to expect we have no expectations and i think that it's not realistic now to think that there is a possibility to get back home. Let me ask Yuri's wife, Smela, mm -hmm. when you found when this happened on September the 19th, you realized obviously very soon that you were going to have to leave. Tell me what you did. What were the steps that you took to try and salvage as much as you could of your possessions? And how did you prepare to leave your home? Yes, my dream, you're a fortunate. You've shot the Okay, she's now very emotional. I understand. so she's saying that, uh, first of all, I'm a mother of three sons and I have also grandchildren. And uh, as for a mother, it was very, very difficult for me to make a final decision. But we had to make a decision because just a few days ago, we had a newborn child whom we had to take to the bomb shelter. And under the active bombing, we we just hoping that the morning will come and we all will be alive again. So I remember you mentioning the, the baby there. And first of all, I know that given the circumstances, how maybe ironic it would be, but congratulations, of course, uh, on your grandchild. Uh, at least there is that that ray of light of happiness uh, in this new life. But my goodness, what a way to bring a child into the world. Elena, uh, who is also there, who is Aram's wife, Elena, talk a little bit about the preparations on your end and what you had to do and how much time did you have to get or gather what you needed to gather to make this trip to Armenia? Um, մենք 
She's saying that uh, I am responsible for my kids and uh, for the future of the kids. And September 19 was um, fatal for all of us because we never imagined that it, it will be a reality to live for our beautiful country and to live for Artsakh forever. But we had no choice left because we were thinking about the future of our kids. That's why we had to make this decision happen. Elena and Aram, I would like to hear from both of you. What did you say to your children about this? I mean, they clearly knew what was going on in terms of the of the uh, the bombing and the attacks and all of that. But how can you tell them? What did you say to them in the fact that we now have to leave our home and never come back? <laughs> We are very patriotic family and we never had a thought to leave Artsakh and uh, the children were of course grew in the same way but they are not small kids uh, somehow and um, they understand everything. Um, we, of course, discussed the situation before leaving, um, and um, we we just had to explain them that we need to leave Artsakh. I don't know if the children are with you now, but how are they doing? No, they are at school right now. Um, they have been going to school uh, for a week already, mm-hmm. and they are kind of adaptation process. They are going. I know that Arman is going football club, uh, and he's a big fan of football. And their parents are doing everything to make these kids um, kind of not happy, of course, because they lost their happiness forever. But kind of entertaining them and taking their focus, their mind uh, to other things. Uh, right now, they are not at home. They are at school. Aram, let me ask you about the journey from Artsakh to Armenia. Did you take one car? Were there two cars? How many people actually in your family made this journey? And talk about the journey itself. What was that like? How long did it take? Մեքենաներ <gülüyor> Tasnımek 
So we have a car that is um, capable to take only five um, people in, but um, we were seven, including 98-year-old grandpa. And we just take whatever took whatever was possible that time in a very limited amount. And uh, we took the way with overall 38 hours for only 90 kilometer just to get to the bridge of Hagadi. This bridge of Armenia Artsakh stop mm-hmm. where they um, waited for 11 hours with these kids, with their grandpa, etc. So the overall duration was almost 40 hours the whole um, road from Artsakh to this, the bridge of Hagari. So it so, sounds like you were not moving very quickly at all. I mean, at the times you were probably standing still, what we call here in America bumper-to-bumper traffic. Was it um, just because of the number of cars that were on that road, because everybody was trying to leave at the same time? Or were there roadblocks? Were there security uh, blocks that you had to go through? What was the reason that it took so long to get there? Mm-hmm. Janapari Achat Vatsov, Honabar at Chapi Katan Chenlini, That is, of course, related to the big amount of cars and the shock that people had because the drivers. Were trying to leave uh, Artsakh and the zone of conflict as soon as possible. So they blocked not only the right way of the road and also the left uh, side. So the road uh, was closed um, with two directions and the amount of car didn't allow to make the journey uh, quicker than 40 hours. I believe that it's related with the shock um, situation that the people were in. Did you see situations where other cars had run out of gas and people were not able to continue? And and in terms of yourselves, I mean, did you have enough food for this journey? And without going into any detail, were there arrangements made so that your family could take care of physical necessities when they were necessary martik ankes asas patras chein ait erkaratev chanaparin martik chein patkelasnum vor ankan khtsanumer klinen vor stipats klinen mot yerkor chanaparasnen dara amar irenk himnakanum vertseren aravela aravela guinum 1 or 80 mund 1 or 80 vor bnakan herikum chanaparin shat marten kandipel ovkel sunund ein mangalis menk anzam Kanyo 
մոտակա ավտոմեքինաներից հարցումներ անելով կային մարտիկ որոնքը 1 լիտրանոց 2 լիտրանոց տարաներ ձերքին դիսբարելիքի դիսբարելիքի համար հարցնում էին որովհետև երկարատև ճանապարհին կանգնելուց հետո քանի որ գիշերը մնացել են ճանապարհին բնականաբար որպեսի անչափահասները չմրսեն ջերուսման համար նաև ամբողջ գիշեր դիսբարելիք են ցախսել որը նրանց մտավախություն հայնեց որ մինչև հայաստանի հանրապետության սահմանը գուցե չհասնեն դրա համար ապահովագրության համար դեզին է խնդրում եւ մարտիկը տալիս է միանց այդ դեզինը ով օրներ Okay so no one was expecting that they will be stuck um, in the road for two days um people had no idea how long uh, the journey will take from Artsakh to Armenia that's why they uh, took only one day food um, and necessary uh, urgent things uh, with them and i saw many people um, that were asking for food and especially water uh, during the road uh, as we stopped and uh because we had a 98 year old grandpa and a newborn child with us we also um, lack were lacking uh, water and we stopped our car and asking for water for the other car drivers or people uh seeing on the road and it was quite challenging as about um, gas or diesel for the cars of course some people uh had to use the gas for the heating purposes because it was cold already and there were small kids in the car being stuck the whole night they had to heat the car using more gas than it was expected and yes many people were asking for gas um and water and food in the roads so uh this was um the general picture from Artsakh to Armenia hard journey you knew when you left Artsakh you were that Yerevan was your destination did you even think beyond that or are you going to remain uh, in Yerevan for the time being is that your new home yevi ayo vorvetev istev avlishat norkankin ite gorvelu ashkhatanki համար ավելի բարենպաստ աշխատանքի զբաղվածության համար առավել մեծ մեծ ընտրության հնարավորություն կա կարծում ենք որ այո այստեղ կհաստատվենք բայց չենք կարող ասել դա ժամանակավորապես կլինի թե ոչ որովհետև այն ինչ կատարվել է Արցախի հետ շատ մտաբագայում չի բացառում որ կարող է նաև տեղի ունենալ Հայաստանի հանրապետության հետ Okay. we have no 100% guarantee that will be settled in armenia because what has happened to artsakh it can happen to armenia as well and um, this is also um, something realistic but we knew that we are we are going to yerevan because uh, there was a home here and uh for employment possibility um there are more um possibilities here than in the villages or far regions 
um, what we can say that this is, yes, our temporary home for the future. We have no guarantee. Yuri, when this all happened last month, I know that Armenians around the world were calling on foreign governments, including the United States, to help in whatever way they could. Realistically, were you expecting foreign help in this crisis, or did you feel that you would have to go through this alone, the people of Artsakh? blockade um, we didn't understand who is our friend who is our partner because we understood that we all are alone with our pain and we are with our problems we were lacking bread and instead of bread uh, we were eating uh, something that wasn't look like a bread and we haven't hadn't even salt uh, we had an supplies for very urgent like for kids for elder elder people etc so what we understood that we are alone with our pain and no one will come to help us and it was obvious during the journey from Artak to Armenia because even after this nine month blockade many people are dying on the roads many people were starving uh, and this nine-month blockade had a very negative effect on their health, both on a physical and emotional way. Of course. So, conclu conclusion is that, no, we hadn't any hope that uh, anyone can help. So we all are hope, let's say. Smela, let me ask you, in terms of the journey itself, I know that it was an incredibly difficult and heartbreaking thing to have to do to leave your home. What is it that you are going to miss the most about what has been your home for your entire life? 
կարոտը միշտ է լինելու է, որով հետև մենք այնտեղ ապրել ենք համերաշ, հանքերներով, կոլեկտիվներով, հարիվաններով, մեր շպումները շատ է եղել, այդ կարոտը միշտ լինելու կարծ, արդուպ, այնտեղ մեր գիրեզմաններն են, այնտեղ մեր սրպվություններն են, որ հանգիշ չեն թողնի մեզ, շատ ենք կարոտ է ու շատ։ Ակայ, շի ստեղ դատ ուել ավիս միս ստեպանակերտ, բիկոս հավ ու կենտ միս ուան սիտի we left there our graveries, our precious things and whatever made us uh, like a human being. So we'll miss the Panagert forever. Let me ask Elena uh, the same question. What is it that you will miss the most about Artsakh? And, and give me an example of a very happy memory that you have from the life that you had there. A happy memory. Ասեն մարցաղը կանում ու ես ծնվել մեծացել եմ այնտեղ, ամեն ինչ կկարոտ ենք այնտեղ, շատ ուրախություններ ենք ապրել, նաև ժվարություններ, տոքրություններ, մեր երեխաներից ունդը, մեր ուրախությունները, շատ հիշողություններ, չեն կարող նկարագրել ամեն ինչ, այնտեղ ամեն մի կարը, ամեն մի սարը, ամեն ինչ մեզ շատ մեծ հիշողություններ կարխնացնի։ Շատ գեղացիկ տեսաժան վայր էր կան արցախում։ Արցախ որ աս իս լայք հեվեն ոն արդ։ Ու հավ լաց ու մեմրիս And the happy memories, of course, were related to our kids' uh, birth, how they were born and how they grew there. And all of these memories will be taken with us and in our heart forever. Artsakh is a um, very beautiful land with many sightseeing and many beautiful views that will be with us um, forever, as much as we, as long as we live. I remember in 2020, uh, Anahid, we were planning, and this was, of course, before the COVID outbreak that year, to visit Artsakh during our Knights and Daughters of Vartan Veratats Haidenik that had been planned for that September. And, of course, we never made the trip to Armenia because of COVID, but that would have been around the third week of September. And as you'll recall, right after that, the 44-day war had begun. So an irony of timing there and, and such a heartbreaking thing to know that we will never have the chance to, to visit this beautiful land again. Tell me what it was like for you and your family during the early parts of this crisis when you did not know exactly what was going on with your family. How often were you able to hear from them? And then tell me what it was like very recently, when you saw each other again for the first time in such a long time. 
I will probably start from the very beginning of blockade um, because we all think that it will take a short time. But my brother was saying me that it will probably last one year. And um, I was kind of insulted because I never imagined that it will really take so long. Uh, I was thinking that, okay, the whole world will know what is happening in Artsakh and they, they will condemn the situation and the blockade will be gone. But as always, he was right and the blockade took us almost 10 months. During this time, we were trying to keep the connection, but in September especially, we lost connection and even with three, four days, because there were there was no electricity, there was no internet, nothing absolutely, and we couldn't uh, be connected for a few days. Uh, and you could think um, anything possible, and of course in a bad scene. And so it was a very stressful period of time, and let's say the whole of our life was like this, and we never adapted to these stresses. Um, it was one thing that we never adapted because we always thought that one day will be better for us and one day we will finally find our peace. My brother is almost at the same age as me, but both of us never saw peaceful times. He served in army, he just fighted three times and um, now this happened. So this is the worst even scenario we could ever imagine and seeing them for the first time of course was very joyful for me as a person and was sad emotional because we knew that they are here in Yerevan because they lost the most precious things in their lives of course except their life so I'm emphasizing except their life because um, no matter what, uh, the human life is the most expensive thing you should um, take care and you should value. But comparing with the other countries, it seems that human life and uh, Armenian lives doesn't matter for them. But uh, I totally agree with Aram and I'm sharing his opinion that we have no right to demand for anything from the others because we need to have that right and to follow the rules, uh, the rules of power in this world. Because if you are power, powerful, then you can demand for anything. No matter your intellectual level, no matter your cultural heritage, uh, it's all becoming nonsense in the century of 21st because um, it's all disappearing if you haven't been let's say how to say equipped uh, properly and think uh, how to make your country stronger and how to demand the others um, to be accountable for you what is it that they would like the diaspora to know, and I don't just mean Armenians in the diaspora, but the world. What is it they want them to know about what they have gone through, what the people of Artsakh have gone through, and about this crisis as a whole? What is important for people to remember? Oh. 
այն իրական ճշմարտությունը իմանան մեր փոքրիկ հանրապետությունը որտեղ մենք ապրել ենք ներկայացվի այնպես ինչպես որ կա անընդհատ ոչ աշխարհը անընդհատ չպաշտպանի ադրբեջանին կամ երկու կողմերի նույն կոչը չանի մեղավոր կողմին նշի որ այս կողմը մեղավոր է ադրբեջանը մեղավոր է Okay the message is that we know we we want the world uh, to know the truth about the Artsakh and not just send some messages you know uh, we sent you our condolences we sent uh, both sides um, to do this and this stop sending some messages do something just uh, some penalties i don't know she's calling for action not just sending the messages and know the truth not the only thing that is in the frame of your interest and yuri artsakh ոչ մի դեպքում ադրբեջանի կազմում չի եղել թե ինչու են խցկել այդ ադրբեջանի կազմում դա արդեն որթային ինչան սխալներիչ Artsakh was always Armenian land and um, it never was um, Azerbaijan and um, um, it was mistake of Soviet Union because um, we all were going into one big country into Soviet Union and there were some decisions made out of interest of uh, ethnic uh, minorities or ethnic groups and we want the world to know that during 3000 year there wasn't any single time that artsakh uh, left uh, by armenians so there were no time that no artsakhi people were living in their own lands so we are witnessing the worst time of um, this 3000 year period seeing that the land of artsakh is now left and there is no armenian living there anymore Aram, what is the most important thing that you want the world to know of what has happened in this past month, what it means, and the future? Mm-hmm. Հապատասխան ծառայությունները, դեսպանները, ուպատությունները բոլորը գիտեն ինչ է կատարվում, ինֆորմացիայի խնդիր առազարակ չկա։ Ես աշխարհից ոչ մի բան չեմ պահանջում, այդ ու դրա իրավունք չունեմ։ Ես միայն կարող եմ պատկերացնել, որ հայությունը մի օր կհամախմբի, սփռ կհայաստան կհամախմբի եւ կսկսեն մտածել իրենց ռազմական կարողությունների առանձնման մասին, որովհետեւ այլ ոչ մի տարբերակ չկա։ եւ աշխարհում գոյություն ունելու համար անկախությունը սուբեկտ ունելու համար պետք է ռազմական բաղադրիչը օրեցոր ավելացնել զարգացնել որովհետեւ կարողանանք այս արևիտակ մեթեր արտովել այլապես ոչ մի քրթական մշակութային կրոնական ոչ մի ծրագիր ինչպես այս վերջին երեսու անկախության 3 տասնամյակներից ուստել ոչ մի ոչ մի օգուտ չեն տալիս քանի որ դա երջոմ ունում է ճշնամուն մենք պետք է հասկանանք որ մեր գոյությունը պապանելու համար հարկավոր է օնունալ զինված եւ 21-րդ դարի համապատասխան 5-րդ սերնդի զինված բանակ ուրիշ ոչ ինչ աշխարհից ոչ մեկ իր ոչ թե միայն մենք ոչ մեկ իրավունքի որ ռուսիս պահանջելու պահանջի հետո ու պետքա ուժ լինի կանգնած մենք հիմա այդ ուժը չունենք մենք պետք է 
He says that um, he don't think that the world needs some information from us because um, it's a 21st century and there are certain services that are providing and agencies that are providing necessary information. So I don't think there is a lack of information. Um, and I don't demand uh, from the world anything because I have no right to demand anything uh, from anyone. Uh, my message um, to the Armenians um, in diaspora and here is that we need to be uni unified, um, united in um, around only one idea and one purpose, one aim to have a strong army and to have the strongest military services because if you haven't enough power, if you are not uh, presenting yourself from the side of power, you can't demand absolutely anything from the world. So uh, whatever we did uh, and diaspora was supporting for decades um, and decades, building educational uh, institutions, building churches uh, all around the world, and what we gained after a few years. Now all we have built, uh, all we have developed uh, will go to the enemy. So what we need is just to see our uh, country in the strongest way is to have forced army uh, due to the 21st century's demands, like um, fifth generation uh, military services and necessary equipment and to have a power so the others will sit and the others will share their interest with us. Aram, let me ask you, where do you and your family go from here? You've been in Yerevan for a very short time now after this very long and heartbreaking journey. Where do you go from here? What are the next steps in this new chapter in your lives? <laughs> Okay, so briefly, um, our first uh, thing is to be integrated in the life of Yerevan and um, um, to support the kids um, so they can also be integrated and find a job because um, he hasn't job so far and um, look forward despite of all the obstacles and all of these problems they faced. Elena, may I ask you the same question? What are your hopes now for the future, now that you are in Yerevan, for you, your children, and your family? We know that it will be very difficult for us, but um, as Armenia is our homeland, 
So somehow it will be easier to be integrated uh, here. You know, first thing, we need to find job again uh, because we need to survive somehow. And then um, uh, to support the kids, um, whatever plans they have in, in regarding their ed education. And yes, um, so far that's um, all of our plans are regarding uh, with integration. And may I ask the same question of both Yuri and Smela? What are their, their hopes for the future? And where do they go from here in this new chapter in their lives? He's saying that as I am older and now <laughs> I'm laughing on this, of course, um, he's 70 year old and he has a 40 year old of experience uh, in learning uh, mathematics at school and university. So to see the future in his eyes is uh, to share his experience, his uh, skills, his knowledge uh, with his grandchildren, uh, with um, the students, um, kids in general, so he can pass um, whatever knowledge he has in the field of mathematics. And what he says that um, his only dream is uh, peace, but we know that peace is something that is not related with our desires and dreams. It is like the thing that is on a focus of um, big countries' interest because uh, there are no friends forever, friendship forever. They are like interests between the countries. So, and um, he says that I want peace not only for Armenia, but uh, for the whole of the world. Well, tell him I could have used his help with mathematics during my school days. It was never my best subject at all. <laughs> Let me ask you. Um, He's saying that, okay, I wasn't good uh, too either. But by the years, I improved my skills, so mm, I too. started um, maybe, yeah. And Smela, yeah. what are your thoughts and hopes for the future now that this new chapter of your life has begun? Oh, 
եսել եմ նույն նցանկանում խաղաղություն լինի Հայաստան աշխարում և ես չեի ծանկանա, որ ադրբեջանի նավթը ավելի կարևոր լինի կան թե արցախի երեխաների արցունքները։ Ես կենսաթոշակարու she wants, and this is the most important message of our conversation, in my opinion, that uh, the world could understand um, one thing, that Azerbaijani oil is not more important than the tears of kids of Artsakh. And so her future plans are uh, related only peace. Um, she wants peace for uh, her sons so they could find a job and they could arrange their life in a peaceful, more peaceful condition. And we just can enjoy our small part of life in peaceful, peaceful condition. Anahid, please thank your family for me. And uh, from the bottom of my heart, I say thank you f- so much for sharing what you have gone through and for letting the rest of the world know not only about your own experiences, but uh, the experiences of those around you. I know this has not been an easy thing to do and uh, at times very difficult, I'm sure, but I'm very grateful to you because what you have done is made a contribution um, to history, the history of Artsakh and the history of the Armenian people, and uh, I do hope that uh, that message gets out. But thank you all, and I wish them all the very, very best of luck as they begin this new chapter in their lives, a chapter they did not wish to, to have to begin, but nonetheless are. And uh, they certainly go with the, uh, the prayers of everyone here in the diaspora. Please thank them for me. Thank Okay, so they say um, we are also very thankful for you, David, for your contribution, for your uh, support, and for your investment to spread the truth around the world. My heartfelt thanks once again to Aram Khachadurian, his wife Elena Barajanian, Aram's father, Yuri Khachadurian, and his wife, Smela Saruhanyan, all from Stepanakert, and all now, along with the rest of their family, in Yerevan, starting a new chapter in their lives. I also want to thank, from the bottom of my heart, my dear friend from Tavush, Anahit Badalian, the founder and director of the Baird Women's Resource Center in Baird City, who, in addition to helping to arrange for this interview, also served as translator for her relatives. I wish them all Godspeed and the very best as they and more than 120,000 other Armenians from Artsakh begin new lives in Armenia and beyond. On our next edition of Talking Vartan, we will meet some more men and women from Artsakh who are adjusting to their new lives following the loss of their homeland. We'll also talk to those in Armenia and here in the States who are working on behalf of the former citizens of Artsakh to help provide them with food, a place to live, medical supplies, and much more as autumn will soon turn to winter and their needs will increase all the more. 
We need your help to help our brothers and sisters who fled Artsakh following the Azari invasion. The Knights and Daughters of Vartan Action Committee is raising funds for food, shelter, and medical care for the Armenians from Artsakh. Please give as much as you can. In our most recent newsletter, there is a link which says, Donate Today, where you can send a donation which will be used entirely for the benefit of those who need it most in Armenia from Artsakh. You can also go to our Knights and Daughters of Vartan website at kofv.org. And on the home page, click on the Donate link in the upper right-hand corner of the screen. You can also send a check if you prefer, and the instructions on where to send it are available online and in our newsletter. Speaking of online, the Knights and Daughters of Vartan are just about everywhere on social media. Of course, there is the Knights and Daughters of Vartan Facebook page, which is updated all the time with photos and posts from Knights and Daughters from around the country, as well as our liaison in Armenia. We're also on Instagram, X, formerly known as Twitter, LinkedIn, and YouTube. And of course, our website at kofv.org, where you can find a goldmine of information about the Knights and Daughters of Vartan, everything from facts about all of our lodges and otyags, historical data, back issues of the Avarai, you name it. All of our Knights and Daughters of Vartan media resources are handled by our communications liaison in Armenia, Gohar Palyan, whom you can reach directly at knightsofvartan at gmail.com. You can also find a link to our Talking Vartan podcast on the website and anywhere else that you can listen to podcasts. If you have any comments or questions regarding this program, please contact me at talkingvartanpodcast at gmail.com. That's all one word, talkingvartanpodcast at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you. As always, thanks to our friend Mal Barsamian for our theme music, Lorki Lorki, from his album, One Take, Armenian Dance Tunes. Talking Vartan, the Knights and Daughters of Vartan podcast is the exclusive property of the Knights and Daughters of Vartan and yours truly, Osped David Medzorian. Any use of this program without the expressed written permission of both parties is prohibited. It was Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. who said, everybody can be great because everybody can serve. Thank you for your service to the Knights and Daughters of Vartan. I'm Osbed David Medzorian of Aradat Lodge No. 1 here in Boston. Shunodagalem, Sireli Paregamneh.